Welcome back to the Born to Prosper Essential Guide Series. And today we're continuing on with our Prosperous Forgiveness section, episode 23, Getting Rid of That Root of Bitterness. I hope that you received something last week from our episode when we started this Prosperous Forgiveness section, speaking about forgiving others, and we're speaking about unforgiveness of others and forgiving others. And we spoke about the fact that we should forgive because Christ has already forgiven us and He set the greatest example of what forgiveness is. It's an important section in this whole book because sometimes we're trying to you know, do things for God, we're trying to build a future, build a family, we're trying to have dreams and visions, but then these things creep in and this thing of working with other humans is always going to be the greatest challenge we face. And one thing you have to learn if you want to live a prosperous life, you want to live an overcoming life, you have to learn to let go and allow those experiences of hurt and pain as hard as what it is or as easy as what it is to say we have to allow the example of jesus forgiveness of humanity be our example so that we can forgive others so can't wait to be with you today on the other side of this episode 23 come on let's get into this today's episode getting rid of those roots of bitterness amen episode 23 looking at getting rid of bitterness so unforgiveness ultimately will lead to bitterness taking root in our hearts and the Bible only speaks twice about bad roots forming in our lives. A root of bitterness in Hebrews 12 verse 14 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Hebrews 12 verse 14 and 15 in the New King James. So the Bible describes the word bitterness in Greek as pikria, P-I-K-R-I-A which means poison. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It poisons your heart and thoughts and must be uprooted through forgiveness. The other root it speaks of is a root of evil. 1 Timothy 6 verse 10 says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So amazingly, Jesus associates man's pursuit of matter or mammon or money as a root of evil. Notice the Bible does not call money a root of all evil, but the love of money evil. So we should be encouraged from this verse to realize again that we can never love God's creation more than God, our Creator Himself. One of the greatest areas where bitterness and unforgiveness creep into our lives is in the area of financial loss or disappointment. If you've ever had someone hurt you through a, a failed business venture, or if you were the cause of someone's financial loss, you then must forgive or ask to be forgiven. There is a power in forgiveness and a healing of hearts and minds when we set people free. See, the Bible says we need to be rooted and grounded in love and not have a root of bitterness. A good root, the Bible speaks of, is the root of God's love. And when we set others free through the example of Jesus Christ, forgiveness of us first, and we ask God to heal us, we sow the seeds of God's love, which falls into the soil of our hearts and forms roots of love. So God wants us to be rooted and grounded in love only. See Ephesians 3.17. The Bible says that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. So God wants Christ's love to dwell in our heart. Easier said than done. Yes, it is in your heart. But if we don't allow ourselves to set people free as we use the example of Christ's forgiveness of us, we're going to start to form roots of bitterness and they grow into our heart and they become very difficult to let go and we start to become bitter and twisted and we start to become angry. And we start to spew our frustration and anger onto others. 
sadly, it's often the people that are close to us that feel that impact of what someone else did to you, but the ones that are around you, the ones that love you, are the ones that feel your frustration often. So I'm praying and believing with you for the seeds of God's love and mercy to fall into the soil of your heart as you make the tough but mature choice to forgive those who have hurt you in your life. We're going to look at next week of the unforgiveness of self, of guilt and shame, and it's going to be as important as these first two episodes. But I spoke to us last week a little bit about Ephesians 4.32 and speaking about this misunderstanding of this principle of forgiveness where Jesus said in Matthew 6, if you don't forgive somebody, your heavenly Father won't forgive you. And I spoke to us about understanding the difference between the law of Moses and the finished work of Christ because the law of Moses, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is Jesus speaking to Jews. Now, I don't know about you, but I know about Jews. I've been to Israel. I had Jewish friends at school. I've got Jewish friends today, but I myself am not born a Jew. So nothing that Jesus said to the Jews is applicable to me in any shape, form, or size when it comes to the keeping of the law. Not everything that Jesus said in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is irrelevant to us, not at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying the portions of Scripture where Jesus is addressing Jews and their understanding of righteousness being through the upkeep of Moses' law, what Jesus does is he goes and he makes it an impossibility and he adds more weights and burdens to it. I'll see if I'll open up a whole teaching on that in a in another episode some other time, maybe a new series. We can talk about all those things in the future on the Leader Breeder platform, but we'll look at that in the future. But what I want you to understand is that forgiveness is not something you have to try out of your own human effort to forgive people. You have to receive Christ's forgiveness of you, of your sin, of your shortfalls. You have to receive that into your heart. And freely we've received, so freely we give. So we've received the ultimate forgiveness, which is Christ's sacrifice on Calvary. And that perfect sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary now empowers us to forgive others. So it's not you have to, otherwise God won't. That was the impossible standard Jesus placed upon the Jews. I said to us last week as well, if you can see a high jump bar, if it's in the middle, and Jesus says, okay, if you want to jump over that bar, and everybody keeps the 613 laws of Moses, and they keep jumping over the bar, then he says, okay, but I've noticed that some of you have knocked that bar off in the middle as well, like the woman caught in adultery, John chapter 8. So she knocked that bar off. She didn't maintain that standard. The woman at the well, the different stories throughout your Bible when Jesus addresses people's sin and their shortfalls. And so we think it's the same. We have to strive in our own human effort. And so what Jesus was trying to teach them was to say, when you try to keep the law of Moses as a standard of right standing with God, he said it becomes a weight and a burden that's impossible to keep. So what does he do? He says, okay, let's talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness, the bars in the middle of the high jump mat. And he says, off you go live your life and you keep guy hurts you it's not that bad you jump over the bar and your sibling hurts you and your husband or wife hurts you and it's, you manage to overcome it and you keep jumping over the bar and it's okay it's manageable but then comes this one situation in your life where it's just really a hurtful situation it's like how could they do that and why would they do that to me and why did my husband or my wife betray a covenant of marriage or why did my business partner defraud me of money or why did my boss fire me or why did my why did this happen to me we don't always make sense of it. And then comes this thing of now, I use scripture verses like Matthew 6, and I, and I go, I have to now do my best to forgive this person, but my heart, it's hurting, it's painful, but now the Bible says if I don't, I have to forgive that person. So I do it in principle, but yet I still have ought in my heart against that person because I don't fully have a full revelation of the 
the finished work of Christ and the perfect sacrifice of Jesus' blood on Calvary. And so what Jesus does is in Matthew 6, he says, okay, you're jumping over the bar in the middle, but now let me raise this to an impossible standard. And he lifts that bar right to the top, almost 2.5 meters or whatever it is. You go, that's impossible to jump over. You telling me that if I don't forgive somebody, God won't forgive me? Jesus raises that bar to that top point. He says, yes, that's the new standard if you want to be perfect now. If you want to be perfect, he says, jump over that bar. And and all the Jews went and looked and said, but that's impossible, Jesus. I know, because with man, it is impossible. To be perfect by yourself and your own human effort, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. How do you mean with God? With God's perfect sacrifice of Jesus, all things will become possible. So Hebrews 12 says what? Looking unto Jesus. So we look to Jesus. How did you forgive Jesus when they crucified you and scourged you and beat you to almost an unrecognizable point? How did you, they beat you 39 times with a cat of nine tails. Your flesh was ripped out of your body. How did you forgive them? God says, that's exactly why Jesus was able to do that because I sent him as this perfect, unblemished sacrifice. And when he said, it is finished, he said, God, never again would any human being ever be kept away from you. That middle wall of separation is now broken down. So now, as they look to you, Jesus, as they look to your perfect sacrifice, you empower them with this God kind of ability in order to forgive other people. What did Paul the Apostle say, Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How does Christ strengthen us? When it comes to forgiveness, we look at his perfect forgiveness. Remember last week I read to us Ephesians 4. 31, 32, get rid of all bitterness. There's that thing. How do we get rid of bitterness? But it's easier for you to say, you're not in my situation. I understand. My situation will be different to yours. But the Bible says, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of it. Let it go. Throw it away. Why? Cast it off. Get, don't, don't hold on to it. The bait of Satan. Why? He says, because if you allow that thing to hold on, it's going to form a root. And when that root, it's harder when it's got a branch and it's a big tree. If you've ever pruned a garden or if you ever cleaned up an overgrown garden, you'll notice that it's hard, it's difficult because everything is overgrown and you've allowed those plants to grow deep and sometimes they push fences over and push buildings over because you just allowed that root to take root and grow anywhere at once and then it causes destruction. But if you take a root and you let it grow and we root it and ground it in love and we, we prune it and we nurture it and it becomes a beautiful tree or a beautiful bush, it's manageable and it's delightful on the eye to see. But a garden that's overgrown with thistles and thorns and it's an unpleasant place to be because there's chaos and, and disorder in that area. And that's what bitterness does. It, it's like an overgrown branch in our heart and just everything from my business, my marriage, my children, everything just seems to be falling apart. And it all stems back to one thing. Let that thing go. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words and slander as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Listen, just as God through Jesus Christ has forgiven you. Listen what Paul writes to the church in Colossae in Colossians. He says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, he says, make allowance for each other's faults. Wow. He doesn't say accept them. He says, but make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So listen what he says. He's not saying what Jesus said in Matthew 6. If you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. 
Remember, we spoke about Jesus lifting the law of Moses to an impossible standard. So don't confuse yourself. When you read your Bibles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, much of what you read there is mosaic requirements. We've been set free from all mosaic requirements. Why? Because Jesus said, it's finished. Whatever was required of Moses and the law in order to be, get to God or be perfect before God is no longer applicable. It's not relevant to us. Why? Because Jesus fulfilled it. And secondly, we're not Jews. So none of that stuff has ever been applicable to us. I was never born a Jew, so I'm not required by God through Jewish blood to, to try and keep Moses' law. I'm a heathen, basically, in Jewish terms. I'm a Gentile. I'm an outcast. But the Bible says God has now grafted us in. He's adopted us as sons and daughters. Why? Because of Christ's sacrifice on Calvary. And one of the things Jesus did on Calvary, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so he goes and he sets humanity free. He says, I'm going to be the ultimate example of forgiveness. And from that vantage point of looking unto Jesus, not looking unto the pastor or your mother or your father or your husband or your wife. Most marriages today fail because you expect your wife first to forgive or your husband first to forgive. And now we start to, the words of anger and wrath and bitterness, as, as Paul says, get rid of those words, harsh words. Get rid of all those words of slander and you know, anger and rage and criticism of your spouse or your, you're in a business venture or your partner does something that you don't agree with and now it becomes harsh words of slander and anger and lawsuits and now we've, we're fighting lawyers and we, it's, it becomes this mess and that spills over into my marriage and I get home and my children feel the brunt of my frustration or I go to my, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, school, whatever it is. This thing of bitterness that grew, grows into the hearts of God's children. I say to you today, you've got a new heart in Christ. He took the heart of stone, he made it a heart of flesh. It's pliable, it's it's open to God. You have an anointing from the Holy One, 1 John 2.20, and you know all things. And I say this, it might sound, what has this got to do with finances? What has this got to do? Hey, I've seen thousands and thousands or hundreds and hundreds of read over the years and seen examples of business ventures that have got ugly that have become destroyed good businesses because of unforgiveness between business partners. I've seen nations go to war because of unforgiveness between leaders and how this thing manifests in our personal lives. I've seen churches split. I've seen marriages split. I've seen people leave churches just out of offense that something happened and they wouldn't allow that thing to be released and it became a root of bitterness. And now they, everything's, everything, every time they speak, they just speak negative from their mouth all the time because they're bitter people. And it's not because God is causing the pain or the hurt is because they've allowed that root to grow. And I say to you today, part of being born to prosper is you have to let that thing go. That's why we are prosperous today in Christ. Why? Because he set us free. Listen to what he says again, Colossians 3 verse 13, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So he says, notice the onus is, the example is the Lord first forgave you. We love him, 1 John 4, 12, because he first loved us. We forgive because he first forgave. We're not under fear and condemnation and guilt trips. And if you don't forgive people, God's going to forgive you. You're going to be cursed with a curse. God's going to destroy you. No, none of that. You can't be cursed in Christ. You can just be barren. You can be bitter. You can be certain things because you've allowed that root, that law of seed time and harvest. There's that word again, a root. It's, it comes back to our first chapter prosperous principles, this law of seed time and harvest. What you sow, you shall reap. And if he says, get rid of, that means prune that thing, get rid of it. And is it easy? No. Seven times seven, 70 times seven, it's hard. But with God, all things are possible. With yourself, 
and with your friends even, and with your, even you can go to councils, you can go to psychiatrists, psychologists, they're just going to tell you, hey, he has three points to this or five points, so you should, it's all the onus is going to be back on you. You must forgive and you must say sorry and you must, and you try in your humanity and you're going, ah, it's like, this feels so unfair. But what you need to be told today is that your new identity in Christ is what? That you're perfect in Christ. You're not perfect, but you've been made perfect through Jesus. You are holy. Not You're not holy, but you've been made holy through Jesus. You are righteous. You're not righteous, but you've been made righteous. Why? Because he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. God looks at you today and says, hey, that's not the way I made you. That's not the new heart you have in you. That's not the way that Christ would have dealt with that. And he says, now look to Jesus. Okay, yes, Christian, yes, that's our Lord and Savior. Now look at him. What, what did he do? He forgave. But it's hard. I know. But with God, it's possible. With the right understanding, it's possible. But with yourself and with myself and with our human nature, it's hard. Now it becomes this weight and this burden and becomes this difficult uphill battle. And now, like I said to you, the sad part is everything then filters towards our kids and towards our friends and our family and all these things. And it just becomes this big mess. And I say to you today, don't allow that. If you want to live a prosperous life, don't drink the poison and expect somebody else to die. Just set them free. And as hard as what it is and as easy as what it is to say on a podcast and to just to say, you know, just get over yourself. I'm not saying that today. I'm saying really prayerfully, carefully, let those things go and get before the Lord. And then I say, look to Jesus. Look at the ultimate example and go back. You know, those great examples of that movie, The Passion of the Christ, Years ago was a great movie, but go look at some of those scenes again. And although it's just the director's viewpoint, when Jesus was on the cross and he cried out to his father and he said, why have you forsaken me? Because sometimes that's what hurt and pain does. It feels like we are loading this. We're the only people going through this. And we say, Lord, why did you forsake me? And he says, I'm not, I haven't forsaken you. I, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But what you have to do is take the example of Jesus and apply it to your Christian walk and say, okay, Jesus, if you forgave, I now forgive. Not if I don't forgive, you're going to punish me and never forgive me. No, that's Jesus putting the Jews under an impossible law. He's taking the standard of Moses and raising it to an impossible standard. Don't confuse yourself in that. Look at the finished work of Christ. Everything other side of Calvary, Acts, Ephesians, Colossians, Corinthians, Romans, or read your, Paul never repeated many things Jesus ever said because Paul was now talking to a finished work Christian. He wasn't speaking to a lawful Jew, which Jesus was. And that's why Jesus had to say some of the things he said. And that's why Paul never repeated them. Why? Because they weren't applicable after the finished work of Christ. You must get this revelation. I encourage you. It's the most liberating thing any Christian can hear is the fact that salvation has got nothing to do with you and I. Forgiveness has got nothing to do with you and I. Yes, there's a human interaction, but it's got everything to do with what Christ has done for us. And if you'll rest in him, if you'll look to him, Watch what's going to happen. You're going to start to see, you're going to get your creativity back in your business. You're going to start to go to work again in the morning with new zeal, with new vigor. Why? Because the Christ in you is greater than the world out there. The Christ in you is greater than the unforgiveness and the bitterness out there. Allow the Christ in you to override every form of fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, and let rest in Christ. Hebrews 4, there is a rest for the believer. And he says, labor hard to enter that rest. What does it mean? It means go and sit there at, at the feet of Jesus where you are seated with him and say, hey, I'm battling with this. And he says, okay, let me walk you through this. But go to him. Don't go to any human. Go to him. And what you do in private, he's going to publicly reward you. I can't wait to see what God is going to do in through your life. Make a list. Don't make a list because you want to 
expose people. Don't do anything publicly. But go and make a list and say this person. And think back. It might be things you've forgotten about 10, 15, 20 years ago. It might even be dead people. Parent, grandparent, whatever it is. Someone hurt you. They, they died. But you still hate them because or you still have unforgiveness towards them because of what they did to you. I encourage you today. Allow the peace of God, the, the power of the Holy Spirit to guide you and to give you strength and courage and just say, hey, I forgive you. And as you forgive them, freely you receive, freely now give. And as Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Sometimes people are just going to do things you don't understand why. It doesn't make sense. But we nevertheless, we forgive them and we allow ourselves to be free. And as we're free, watch what happens. Because whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Come on. I'm super excited for what's going to lie ahead for you this week. Go and make that list. Go and set those people free. Don't tell anybody. Just go and set them free. Don't tell anybody. Just go and set them free. And then don't tell anybody. Just go and set them free between you and God. And say, today, John, or today, Paul, today, Tabi Singh, today, Jack, whatever it is, I release you today. By the power of Jesus' example of forgiveness, I release you. And Father, I repent of my stubbornness and my hurt and my pain. I ask you to heal my heart and watch what's going to happen. You're going to see incredible healing, incredible creativity, incredible new vision, fresh manner, new dreams. Watch what's going to happen. God's going to open up that channel and that block pipe is going to open up and you're going to start seeing incredible things. Have an awesome week. Next week, listen, we're concluding this section with unforgiveness of self. One of the greatest things that Christians struggle with is making mistakes and we can't forgive ourselves and God has already forgiven you and He wants you to forgive yourself. One way to be with you next week. Have an amazing week. If you've got something out of this episode, share it with a friend or a colleague. It's free. It's here to help people. Be blessed in Jesus' name.